Hello, this is Annie from the Smithsonian American Art Museum's Loose Foundation Center. Since 2011, we've hosted Loose Unplugged, a free monthly concert series that celebrates the work of local musicians. Now we're partnering with Hometown Sounds to bring you tracks from DC artists we love. For more on Loose Unplugged, visit americanart.si.edu slash loose slash unplugged. There, you'll find a complete list of Loose Unplugged artists, videos of past performances, and artist interviews on our iLevel blog. We look forward to welcoming you back to the museum when it's safe to hold concerts again. Until then, stay well, stay in touch, and enjoy these tunes from our neighbors in the DMV. I'm Maddie May, and this is the Loose Listening Party, presented by Hometown Sounds. Can't you Seen all this unfolding here. 
Hey, welcome back to Hometown Sounds. We show you how DC rocks. I'm Tony Pareko. And I'm Paul Vodra, and this is the Loose Listening Party, presented with our friends at the Loose Foundation Center in the Smithsonian American Art Museum. They are the hosts of the Loose Unplugged series, and while that is on pause, we are doing this awesome podcast series where we talk to some really great DC musicians that we would love to feature in that space. And on this episode, we are very excited to bring you Miss Maddie May. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Maddie, when you were a little one, you had a pet pig named Squealer. <laughs> I did have a pet pig named Squealer. <laughs> My first question for you is, um, did you and Squealer ever get down to it and have great lie down cuddles together? Um, we did not. I rode Squealer like a horse. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. It was a pot-bellied pig. If, if you're listening, Squealer was a black pot-bellied pig. We lived out in Dinwiddie in the woods and we lived in a trailer and we had a pig named Squealer and we had a Rottweiler named Obi and the pig would root the pig. Squealer would root Obi out of his fenced in little pen and then the two of them would run out in the woods together and do naughty things and my dad would have to pull them apart and put them back in their pens. <laughs> I'm really surprised that you brought Squealer up. That's a shocker for me. Um <laughs> Yeah, we had to give Squealer away when we moved out of Dinwiddie and into the mountains. Oh, no. Well, this is the thing. You know how they always tell you when they give your pet away that it's going to a happy farm? This He actually did go to a happy farm. So, so it happened once. <laughs> they put his naughty tendencies to use, and he made lots of little piglets, and I got to meet some of them. But yeah, my dad brought him home in a big wooden crate and was like, got you a pig, Maddie Mae. Yeah, I used to run around barefoot with that thing. I'm really glad you asked about him. Yeah, that's a, that's a good memory for me. And I, you know, I have a dream maybe of one day having a pig again, but I don't want a, one of those house pigs. I just think that's a mess. So we started out this episode with a song, as we always do. The first song was called Quiet Corners of Virginia. It is uh, basically the title track of the six song EP. Quiet Corners came out in September of 2020, and um, I wonder if you could tell us about that song and what living in Virginia means to you and your music. Well, Quiet Corners of Virginia, I wrote in 2019, right before I went into the studio to record four of the songs. And at the time, there was so much promise, and I had so much optimism about things that were happening in my life. I was really feeling optimistic. I had some some big people talking to me about big breaks. And everyone around me was saying, Maddie May, it's about to happen. But I've been told it's about to happen since I was like 15 years old. So I was thinking, I don't think so. Something bad's going to happen and nothing will come of all this. And so <laughs> I wrote the song like kind of talking about this idea of like debating my inner voices that are saying, no, nah, it's not going to happen. And then everyone around me telling me that it would. And then talking about hiding in the quiet corners of Virginia and like enjoying my peace and quiet and, you know, my um, status as a no one. <laughs> and then uh, COVID hit and, <laughs> you know, just I knew I was right. <laughs> it, it hurts to say told you so to yourself, though. And living in Virginia is just, I think it's the best, the best place. I love it. I love the mountains. I've grown to love this flat region um, full of fields. And I just think it's a, a beautiful place. I specifically, so when I moved up to Northern Virginia, I was living just around too many people, I think. And I was getting so stressed out. I have so much anxiety and people are just really you know, people are also wonderful. I don't, don't take me the wrong way here, but I moved out about five years ago. I moved out onto a 500 acre farm and I'm much happier now. Yeah. So, so where, where exactly are you located? Not exactly, exactly, but. Um, you know, I'm an hour South of DC, but I think that folks in DC claim me sometimes because we know you need a little more twang in DC and I play up there enough that it, I get to claim it. So, and so I play with some folks in DC, so it's fun. Yeah. I live on a big old farm surrounded by the Rappahannock river. It's great. That sounds really amazing. 
where where you are out an hour away from the big city, what is the what is the music scene like out there? What are some of the highlights that those of us uh, in the city proper might be missing out on? I would say musicians get paid a little better because we have wineries and breweries around and they like to keep entertainment happening. They're very competitive with each other, which benefits the musicians in the area quite a bit. It's the reason I... That's cool. It is. It's the reason I settled here is because they pay very well. I mean, I like playing venue gigs, but to make ends meet, it's much easier down here. Um, There's a lot more twang. There's a lot more bluegrass, country, a lot more like 60s and 70s stuff coming up but it's being done in like the grateful dead bluegrass scene style uh maddie so a question about your music and uh, a, a word that's come up a handful of times thus far is twang maddie like everyone you have an accent and what kind of hit me immediately when we started chatting this evening is that your accent isn't really present much at all on your recorded music. And uh, so I wanted to ask about your identity of where you're from and then your making music voice. And like like Elvis Costello, he's Scottish. You'd never know he's Scottish listening to him sing. Oh, yeah, this is a great question. And um, it's interesting to think about this too for me because there's this idea that, Again, I'm not even talking with my full accent. At home, I sound like a like a full-blown mountain person. But I get nervous talking that way because when I moved up here, there was a little bit of judgment about the Southern accent. There's a lot of assumptions that go with it that you're going to have a certain set of beliefs and biases. And I just don't have those. And it took me a long time to unlearn them, but like, I'm proud of, of the thoughts that I have now. And I felt like, I felt like if I wanted people to give me a chance, I had to kind of take a lot of the Southern out of my voice or the mountain out of my voice. And in my songs, I really rejected like country and bluegrass and folk altogether because I wanted to be taken seriously by a group of people that I admired. And, um, I think that this, that record, has a lot of me trying to like pay homage to the genres of music I really care about and that are me that I've been playing since I was five years old. Like I was six in a country bluegrass gospel band, but like also still trying to fit in. And then when the pandemic hit, I just said, I don't care anymore. So the songs that I've been writing are like straight up bluegrass folky stuff, straight up. Um, and I'm really happy about that because I feel like I'm like slowly letting myself be myself. Maddie, could you sing a couple of bars from a country bluegrass gospel song? <laughs> yes, I can. Um, how about one glad morning when this life is over? How? Fly away in the morning when I die. Hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. I think we got it. <laughs> <laughs> the sound guy who says that we got it, although I always like that guy. Um, Maddie, my other big question for you about your music is about a very distinct, lovely, and wonderful part of your music, which is uh, your vocal vibrato. Oh, yes. So my question for you about you and your vibrato is how do you think about when you want to use it, how you want to use it when when you're writing a song, when are you like, I need vibrato now, I don't need vibrato now? Uh I that's a that's a great question. So vibrato is something I think I picked up from listening to Patsy Klein growing up and mimicking her. So I think I learned it just from copying. And also in church, old ladies love vibrato. And so if you're singing in church, you learn to do harmonies and you learn to do old lady vibrato. Um, those are two important things. And so now it's just so much a part of what I do. I People ask me to teach them to do it all the time. And it's really a difficult thing to teach to like contract your vocal cords in the right pattern. I think now I just try to use it on longer notes at the tail end of a phrase, a little bit when I'm adding energy to a contour line and a melody. But overall, I try to limit my use of it so that when it does come out, it's special. Let's hear another song from that Quiet Corners EP. This one is called Here Right Now.
here right now another song from maddie may's very good six song ep quiet corners maddie the song begins with the lyric if you're here right now where does the song take place okay this is an interesting tune it's got a story behind it i think it was four years ago now i was single and i was looking to mingle And there was another local musician that I invited to my house to listen to records with. And he came over a little late, you know, so I'm I'm thinking, you know, we had met at a little music video shoot type thing and at a songwriter circle. And he came over to my house. And when I thought to make a move, he informed me that he was dating someone. And I said, like, are you 
just dating multiple people or he's like, no. I was like, is this a long-term thing or is this a, a new thing? I'm confused why you're here at my house so late listening to records. And he said, oh, I've been in a relationship for four years. And I was like, get out of my house, get out, get out of my house. But I did at the time, I had fallen for this like romantic idea that I had created in my head that it was something special. And so I had written a song the next morning of if he was there at my house and he felt the way that I felt, then whatever he had going on in his other world was not real. It wasn't, if you were, if you're out snooping around and being a sneaky little snake, then whatever you're doing isn't, isn't right for you. And it's probably not right for the other person for you to be putting them through that. So, uh, yeah, that's where here right now was. It was on my farm. (laughs) Maddie, what did you learn by releasing this breakout EP during the pandemic when you weren't able to do things like, uh, you know, an EP release show and touring and stuff like that? I think I was reminded of some things, if anything. I put a lot of effort into that record. I play every single instrument on it except for the drums and one slide guitar part. I spent savings that I had worked really hard to save up and I took five weeks off of my job and focused on that. And as everybody was telling me, throw caution to the wind and just go for it. You know, I worked with Kyle Miller of the band Towers at Lower Audio out in Flagstaff on recording and had, you know, some specific people interested in the work that I was doing that I was really excited about showing off what I could do. And I dropped here right now and it kind of, it like blew up a little bit in like a small way. It it had 12,000 monthly listeners that first month, which was huge because I was nobody, you know? And I felt like so much hope And then that was earlier in 2020. And then as the months went on and I had to release music as the world was crumbling around me, even out on my little farm, I knew that things were really bad. I felt really horrible releasing music. I felt like a bit of a monstrosity, like it was an ego, an ego death in a lot of ways. And so I think what I've learned from releasing music during That experience is that I should only be making music if it's what I really, really love. And I want to make songs that I love listening to and thinking less of like a consumer or, and I'm not just thinking of like listeners. I'm also thinking of like consumers in the industry that have those little golden tickets they wave above your head. So I think I learned that I got to make music for me. Can you tell us about Maddie May's Soundhouse? Yes, I can. So... Due to the pandemic, I had to uh, reduce the amount of gigs that I was playing. And I also could not visit students in home. I had private clients that I would drive around to and spend time with their families and play music with them. And it was great, but it was also dangerous. So I taught online for about a year. And then when things were going back to normal in the beginning of 2021, I was like, oh, I can't go back to that much driving Um, And I don't think gigs are going to come back yet in the way that they were. So I opened up this little, it's a little building on the main street of a little town. And I teach about 25 people, private lessons here. I don't just teach, you know, I teach beginner, intermediate and advanced. And I also do workshopping for songwriters and drag queens and anyone else who wants to come in here and work on their craft. And uh, I love it because I feel like in a in a space where a lot of people don't feel safe to be themselves, like you can come here and be yourself. So Soundhouse is that. It's also a safe space for me because when I taught at other studios, I faced a lot of sexual harassment at as the only or one of three women in a space. And um, it was really hard because I would try to like lean into the expectation of being like fun and flirty and easygoing, but secretly felt like I was like really hurting inside. And so having this space is like a safe space for me to teach and not feel like I'm being objectified. So yeah, no creepy comments here. Um, <laughs> it's a great little space. Yeah, it's, it's, it's cute. It's, it's only 15 minutes from my farm. And, uh, I don't know. I love all the people that come in here every week. It's special. I do sometimes feel like I wish I could perform more. During the first year of COVID, I only got to do 38 shows. Last year, I got to do 52. Um, but I I want to be back to 100 <laughs> or more. So now we're going to play a song that Maddie May has selected by another musician. We're going to hear a song by the Flybirds called The Band is Causing Problems. Thank you. 
Looking for a place to park the car They can't compete with the music on the street From the corner of our smoky bar Guess we'll tell them They gotta wait till ten was the Flybirds with the title track from their album The Band is Causing Problems. Maddie May, can you introduce us to The Flybirds and tell us uh, what it is about that song that you like so much? Okay, yes. So The Flybirds are a four-piece bluegrassy band and they're all women about my age. Some of them are exactly my age. And I first saw them at Songbird in DC. And then they won the Watermelon Pickers Fest band contest, which is a big deal. But we played a show together last weekend at the Bright Box Theater in Winchester. And I was looking forward to playing with them because so often I don't get to play with women or you don't get, you get like a token woman, but you don't get like all women on a show. So it was really great. But I love this song specifically because the song is written about what it's like being women in a band, in a gigging band. They were talking to me about it down in the green room and it made me love the song. 
they were talking about how they went to a show and they were scheduled to play at seven, I think. And the venue just told them, no, we're doing it later. And they were like, we can't do it later. And the venue was like, are you kidding me? Like a little change shouldn't be a big deal. But they were, you know, traveling and their moms and they have families and lives. So they had to they just turned the gig down. The, the owner was walking around saying the band is causing problems like loudly. Yeah, he was saying that to everybody there and they had to walk out. And then as I listened to the rest of the song, I heard more of the story, you know, like coming home at 4 a.m. from a show and sneak like getting into bed with your partner, with your husband who's been raising your kids while you have to be away. Um, and then the last one about like having your day job where you actually pay the bills and getting fired from it because you can't work on the weekends when they need you. And it just there's a lot of musicians that make great music and then there's gigging musicians who are like doing the damn thing on the road and working really long hours, playing really long shows. And it seems like we're getting paid a good amount. But when you really put in all the time that it takes to do an event like that, it's it's like not great wages. And, you know, some of the women in that band have a few kids. And I just really admire the song for what it is. It's like a real like road warriors, weekend warrior, doing the damn thing, women in a band song. And I love it for that. Let's hear another song that Maddie May has selected for us on this podcast. This song is called 9 to 11 by Furnace Mountain. Yee, yee. Passed on sheep in the woods and the 
We hope you like listening to that song because we had a real good old time hooting and hollering while that song did its little tempo change there, which was really, really fun. That was 9 to 11 by Furnace Mountain. Maddie, please tell us about Furnace Mountain in this song. Oh my goodness. The two women and their two men make up this band. <laughs> Excellent players, just really like legendary players. Danny Nicely's on mandolin, Fiddlin' Dave's on fiddle. Um, Morgan is on guitar and she plays other instruments. And then Amy Curl is on the upright bass. And first of all, I am obsessed with Amy and Morgan's voices together. I could weep listening to them. They have uh, cloggers come up and play with them too. And it's just so fun to watch. I, they're just amazing players. The song is beautiful. They're my favorite album. There's their 2012 album, The Road to Berryville. But even this new stuff that they've been putting out that's more live recording sounds so good to me. Um, just so fun and reminds me of, I don't know, being a kid and going up to the old emptied theater where all the Meemaws and Peepaws would jam. And it just reminds me of that energy. It's so good. Maddie, this past June, you played a festival in Farmer's Market at the Remington Community Garden for a festival and farmer's market event. And you were actually booked by Remington Mayor William Polk, who does the booking for the event. So have you met the mayor? I have definitely met the mayor. The mayor is um, a very interesting person. And from what I can tell, he is um, really advocating for people to be more active in our community, especially outdoors. And so that's fun. I definitely support that message. On, on the topic of being active outdoors, uh, a local traffic initiative he's been a fan of is... Uh, golf carts! Golf carts. And the town has voted to authorize driving of golf carts on some town roads in Remington. Yes. It's going to be great. I want a golf cart. This town reminds me of the town I grew up in. I think there's less than 2,000 people here. And I love the idea of being able to drive my golf cart down to like the little river spot or to the community garden or to the post office. Although right now I ride my bike, it's probably better for me to ride my bike. Um, I think it'd be kind of kind of uh, lit to have golf carts parked all over Main Street. We'll see what happens. I mean, it could cause a ruckus. <laughs> Let's hear another song. Next up on the podcast is Orla.
That song was called Surrendering by Orla. It was big, expansive. Wow, there was a lot of drums and organ and big swooping anthemic swells. It was great. Uh, Maddie may tell us about that song and Orla. So Orla is one of my dear friends. And I met her at a street festival. She wandered up to me. I was playing music and there were lots of people, but nobody was really getting what I was doing. And she just walked up and was like dancing and singing and hyping me up. And we talked and we just really linked up. And she's just so full of energy and depth. And I feel like that song really does her justice. The song Surrendering, the whole her whole EP is called Transformation. And it's these four songs about like healing in a lot of ways. It was my top listened album in 2019. I listened to it every time I took a shower and I vibed so hard. I literally started like crying when we were just listening to it because it's like it that last like climax in the end is so, it fills my heart. It feels like this deep, empty part of my chest. It like fills it up with sound. She produces everything herself. Like I think that she records this stuff in her closet because she's obviously like a, a vocal instrumentalist as well. Like voices are, don't just have to be for words. They can also be for, for instrumental sounds. And uh, I, I think it's interesting. Like I love bluegrass music. In fact, I would much rather be making that kind of music than the last record that I put out. But I also love this electronic ambient stuff because if you listen to it, it's got all this nature um, imagery in it. It's, it's singing very much about like earthy stuff and self, fulfillment and I feel like it kind of echoes a lot of the same thematic content as like the some of the stuff I hear like Furnace Mountain and Flybirds do so she's just really like an all-around talented artist that needs more folks behind her to help her create this like huge thing that she wants to make so <laughs> that's it sounds amazing and that is almost taking us to the end of this episode of the Loose Listening Party Want to quickly give one last shout out to our friends at the Loose Foundation Center in the Smithsonian American Arts Museum. Um, in case anybody didn't get to see it, we recently recorded a live set with Oh He Dead, and they premiered that, and that is going to go up on the website for the uh, Loose Unplugged series very soon. So uh, please go visit that. Uh, it sounded amazing. They're such a great band, and we're so grateful to work with them. And we are so grateful to have Maddie May on this podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. It was awesome getting to know you. Yeah, thank you guys both for having me. You were so nice and asked very interesting questions. Uh, so yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so what is what is coming up in the near future for Maddie May? What have you got cooking? What's next for me is that I'll, I'm working on 15 songs that I'm going to release in two little collections um, that I'm recording at home. And I have a live performance video coming out with Wallflower Wanderers of my song Learning to Lock the Doors. I have a YouTube series I'm working on called Song Spelunking, where I share my songs, the stories behind them and how to play them and some music theory and techniques information. Um, so I have another episode of that coming out. And then I play shows pretty regularly, like a few times a month at this point because of COVID, it's a little less. You can go to maddiemaymusic.com to check that out. And it's spelled M-A-D-D-I-M-A-E. Uh, Maddie May's Instagram is the place to be. So follow Mixed Bag Maddie. You can also follow my little lesson studio Instagram, which is at Soundhouse VA. Uh, we are going to head out on another song from the Quiet Corners EP by Maddie May. This one is called Little House. What, what can you tell us about this particular song? I wrote this song. I was a homeless youth and I had no family and no friends and nothing. And it took me a really long time to find a home. And I wrote this song when I was trying to imagine what my future home would look like. And I then immediately moved into the house I live in now on my farm. And I feel like the song brought me good fortune, good luck. So it's all about living out in the middle of nowhere, very peacefully and happily. Yeah. <laughs> Before we head out, I want to make sure to thank my co-host and producer, Tony. Thank you, Tony. Before we head out, I want to thank my co-host, Paul, and our guest, Maddie. Thank you. Can we also <laughs> thank Annie, who set us up for this? We sure can. Absolutely. Thank you, Annie, for thinking of me. And I actually, this past weekend, went to the Smithsonian American Arts Museum just to vibe out a little bit. and Just to vibe out to Annie. <laughs> 
You know, I just wanted to go and be in a physical space with, you know, since this is a collab with the loose, the loose program. Yeah. So it was really great. I loved the Joan of Arc wood carving that's up in the second floor wing is beautiful. And the, of course, the folk art is great. <laughs> and thank you all for listening. And, and we'll, we'll see, see you all next, next time. time. <laughs> yeah, turn up, boys! <laughs> Looking for another place to rest my head A room with a corner for my grandfather's bed So quiet in the night that I could sleep like the dead A home to hide from the world when I've had enough of it the passing of another 12 months No, I'm gonna have to move Another year, another man, another moon This moving down came soon Lord, I have to leave The dead are pushing me The living won't let me be Oh God, what I that I could sleep like the day